me try that again. Merry Christmas. Oh, I love that. All right, just a couple announcements this morning. Uh, number one, continue to pray for the Doyles and uh, pray for Randy and Christy and that whole family. You know, it's a tough time and for our church too. And I want to give an, a, an announcement on that. Her celebration service will be this Thursday here at the church at 11 o'clock. There will be a dinner afterwards, but it's only for family and those that are invited to it. And it's, it's, it's something that they have decided on that. So, again, remember that it will be at 11 o'clock on December 21st here at the church. Um, a couple other things. We have our Christmas program this morning. I'm excited to see the kids come up and, and the youth come up. And they've got some stuff that they're going to share today. I'm, and then don't forget, and after the service, we have a dinner after the service. So please don't leave stay there's plenty of food and uh and then also a couple other things we have a prayer list here if you will continue to pray for those that are on the list if you need to be on the list let us know and uh, i try weekly uh, and daily when i come in here to the church i'll i usually try to pray over this list so if you have a prayer request let me know okay uh, a couple other things couple other things here. Don't forget about next Sunday morning. We are having a Sunday morning Christmas Eve service here and a Sunday night candlelight service. If you can't make one, make the other one. Yeah, and if you can't at all, that's okay. Spend some time with your family. We will be taking communion that night. I've been thinking about probably doing it both in the morning and the evening for those that can't make it. So that's next Sunday. Um, uh, don't forget that we have a Sunday night service tonight. You're welcome to attend. And the December 27th, there is no service uh, on that Wednesday, and that's Christmas week. I believe in spending time with your family. And then December 31st, that's a Sunday night, that's New Year's Eve, there is no service. Now in the future, if we decide that we're going to have games and somebody wants to plan something, anybody that like, how many of you guys like to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I, I wonder if that just answered the question for me. <laughs> I'm one of those night owls. I mean, I watched Tall Tea last night with Randolph Scott, if you don't know what that is. Anyways, all right, don't forget, too, there's, uh, we have our, our cards of care ministry. Uh, please make sure we have updated information and papers are in the foyer. And then also, we're going to be setting out the qualifications for uh, deacons, as we have two that are op opening up this year. And then we also uh, are voting uh, yearly, we have to vote on our uh, secretary treasurer for those that are members. So we will be posting those qualifications and our membership list for you to make any nominations that are coming up. And that's at the end of January. It seems like a long ways away, but it's coming quick. How many of you guys remember when it was 100 degrees out? Yeah, yeah. and it was 27 degrees this morning. Ugh, cold. All right, one more announcement. And it's here in the back, I believe. Let me see where it's at. We need volunteers. And so if you would like to volunteer we, uh, for, as a door greeter, see me. Um, we need some help in the sound room, the media room, the worship team, security desk, kids ministry, and feeding youth. And then also the nursery is open this morning if you need your kids back in the nursery. All right. I'm going to turn it over to take up our morning ties and offerings, Ron. Would you mind giving the blessing this morning?
to Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bed and knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Now and forever, God, you reign. 
Christmas because of who you are. There's power in your name. You free the oppressed. Psalm 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you because you came to preach good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the captives and release those that are in darkness. To bestow on them beauty instead of ashes. Father, we praise you this morning because you're the son of the living God and you died to give us mercy and grace and salvation we thank you for that this morning in Jesus name and everybody said amen you may be seated good morning everybody we are going to put on a program for you, and I want to let you know that the kids' ministry and the youth group have worked really hard on this to present it to you, and we hope you enjoy a candy cane Christmas. Reason that he suffered and 
This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Boy, I can't wait to be done putting all these books away. I need to get to my Christmas party. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Give me a moment and let me put these books aside. Oh look, it's my favorite book. It's about candy canes, that's why it's my favorite. Do you know about the candy cane? No? Well, let me tell you. Do you know what a, know what a legend is? A legend is a story handed down through generations. It is believed to have a historical basis, although there is no proof. Well, I have a legend to tell you. It is about a candy maker from Indiana who wanted to invent a candy that was a witness to Christ. Does anyone know what kind of candy that could be? A candy cane. That's right, a candy cane. Now let's examine the candy cane and see how it is a witness to Christ. Matthew 16, 18, God says, On this rock I will build my church. The candy cane was made of hard candy because the church is built on a solid rock. And God's promises are a firm foundation. The candy maker then made the candy in the form of a... J! That's right, the letter J. And of course the letter J is for, for Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. If you turn the J upside down, you have a... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The candy make, that's right. The candy cane also represents a staff with which the good shepherd reaches down to the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs who, like all sheep, have gone astray. 
The candy maker made the cane white to represent Jesus' innocence. Jesus was perfect. He was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he is still without sin. This large red stripe represents the blood Jesus shed on the cross for our sins. Ephesians 1.7, in Jesus we have repentance through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Yum. <laughs> the flavor of the cane is peppermint, which is similar to hyssop. Hyssop is an aromatic plant from the mint family, and it, it was used in the Old Testament for purification and sacrifice. Jesus is the pure Lamb of God, come to be a sacrifice for the sins of the world. So next time you see a candy cane, hear the sermon it preaches. Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, sin this rock of ages, who suffered and died for his sins on the cross. Wasn't that a lovely story? Well, I need to put these books away so I can get to my Christmas party. Bye. Merry Christmas. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Isaiah 9-6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Luke chapter 2, verse 7, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. John 1:14. the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Romans chapter 6, verse 10. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God.
Didn't they do a wonderful job? Can we give them another round of applause? So as we watch this uh, Christmas program this morning, we often forget why Jesus came. And I want to read a passage that my wife had read just a few minutes ago. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When we think of the Christmas story, we forget that God sent his son to die for you and I. You and I in the garden, that would have been Adam and Eve, our great, 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 whatever you want to say, grandmother and grandfather, right? You could go on for quite a while. Decided to rebel against God. One of the things that Satan said to him is your eyes will be opened like God's and you will be like God. Three areas that we still fall into, the, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And to be like God is the pride of life. And many of us are still doing that. I'm in charge. It's my life. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. It sounds like the American dream, doesn't it? And God knew that there was a separation. The minute Eve and Adam ate of that fruit, there was a separation in what we call relationship. The God of heaven that created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis chapter 1 it says, In the beginning God, God is the Hebrew word Elohim, which is plural. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had a relationship with us. And that was severed the minute they decided to be their own God. We see that today in our culture today. People want to be their own God. 
They want to follow their own ways. They don't want to submit to the God of heaven that created all things. And his whole purpose is that he loves us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Put your name in there. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his what? His one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now the word perish there is a Greek word where we get the word hell from. Do you know hell was not created for you and I? It was created for Satan and his demons. But people choose to go there. In Sunday school, we read the scripture was, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to life, and few find it. Jesus is that gate. I want to read from another familiar passage, one I've read for the last three weeks, and I don't know, God wants to say it again, but I say it because it's important. It was written 800 years before Jesus was even born. It's Isaiah 53. Usually I have a pulpit up here, but I'm using a pulp, I'm using a, a chair this morning, a pew. I, Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He, meaning Christ, grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Many people still are not desiring Christ. This is speaking about Jesus. If you've ever wondered about if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, how could a man 800 years write this before he was even born and conceived? I also implore you to go read Psalm 22 that King David wrote 1,500 years before Jesus died on the cross and he speaks of Jesus and his hands being pierced and his side being pierced. But it says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. If you've ever suffered in this life, Jesus understands. He understands what suffering is. If you've ever had sorrow in your life, he gets it. Some of you might say, but God, do you even understand? Yeah, he understands. It says, like one from men who hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. The word infirmity there means diseases. And sorrows means sicknesses or pain. How many of you guys have ever faced pain before? Do you ever step on a nail? Do you ever hammer your finger when you're hammering something? Sometimes I have a, I have a depth, I don't even know how I got into the Air Force. I have a depth, depth reception. Is that what you call it, depth reception? Did I even get that right? You know, good thing I, 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 I break before I get to cars. So don't ever follow in front of me. Or wait, that didn't even make sense, did it? <laughs> Do you see how I'm going on this? So don't, don't over pull in front of me. I don't know if I'll break in time. And I drove dump trucks for a while. But he took up our sicknesses and our diseases upon himself. Every disease, every sickness that's ever been, it says he took upon himself on the cross and he carried our sorrows or our pain if you've ever been in pain or been hurting or, 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 or needed comfort Jesus understands he took it upon himself on the cross he bore it upon his body it says but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our inequities inequities is our sin we're born into sin all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. You ever have a bad thought about somebody before? Then you've sinned. Have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you? That's called stealing. I know because I have pins that say, Thou shall not steal. Yet we considered him stricken by God and smitten by him and afflicted. Yet he was pierced for our sins. Guys, we have all sinned against God, whether you want to admit it or not. In fact, 
I'm going to go to another passage here. It's in 1 John 1 8. It says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of all of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we, have make, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. The first step that we have to take is admit that we've sinned. That we've all transgressed, we've all rebelled against God. We've all wanted to go our own way and do our own thing. And yet it says that he was pierced for those sins. He was pierced for every bad thought you've ever had. He was pierced for every bad attitude you've ever had. And if you say you've never had an attitude, let me ask your parents. He died for everything. You may say, but I'm, there's no way he could forgive me. You don't know what I've done. Yes, he forgave everything. He can forgive your sin this morning. That's what Christmas is all about. That's why it's called Christ Mass. It's about his birth and why he came to, to free us from our sins, to forgive us. And here's the wonderful thing. When we put our faith in him, he takes our sin and he casts it as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no more. And that was written in the Old Testament. Only God knew there was a north and south pole because there's a stoppage at north and south. That means it would have stopped. But when he says, I forgive him as far as the east is from the west and remember it no more, there's no ending to him forgiving us. What a beautiful picture of what Jesus did. For you and I. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. If you don't know Jesus this morning and you put your faith in him, he will heal you spiritually. When I, when I tell people about Jesus, we're born into this life and we're separated. Our spirit man is dead. You all have it. We're, we're spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit man is dead until Jesus comes and makes it alive. And I know this for a fact. Nobody has to explain it to a kid. They just believe. A month before I turned eight, I got saved. And some of you guys know this story. I wasn't looking for Jesus that day. I was out playing with my friend Dean, who, by the way, is serving Jesus today. Gave his life to the Lord a few years ago as attending an Assemblies of God church in Wyoming. He was my best friend growing up. And that day I walked in the, in the house and my mom was praying with my sister and, and the door was cracked. And I said, Mom, what are you doing? She says, I'm talking to your sister about asking Jesus in her heart. And I remember saying, I want Jesus too. She goes, well, you're going to have to wait. How many of us like to wait? So I waited that day. My sister wasn't ready. But I came in there and she said, do you understand what sin is? Because she wanted to know that I understood what sin was. Listen, you know what sin is. I don't have to tell you what sin is. You already know what it is. That's why when you do something bad, you feel what? Bad. You feel guilty. And so she said, do you understand what sin is? Yeah, fighting with my sister and stealing. So I was a kleptomaniac. Some of you know this story. I used to steal mail out of people's mailboxes. I hope none of them needed a check. I stole from a, a cop down the street. Yeah, my friend's dad was a police officer. I stole from him. Thankfully, my mom caught me burying it in the front yard. <laughs> Kids understand what sin is. Adults do, but they don't want to admit it. But he can bring healing to your heart today. 
The biggest sin that we have problems with is that we have pro- a problem with is pride. Pride says, "I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to give my life to you." And that's why Satan fell. Pride. Pride is the hardest thing for us to admit. But how many of us have pride? How about when we have a hard time apologizing to somebody? That's pride. I'll admit it. This last week I did something and my wife and I had a spout. Listen, how many wives and husbands have little spouts once in a while? Chuck Swindoll says it's healthy. I'm picking on him today. He's one of my favorite preachers. And I didn't want to apologize. I had to swallow my what? Pride. But Jesus can heal you of all that today. He says, by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity or the sin of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. At any moment, Jesus could have said, nope, I'm done, Father. I'm not going to do it. But because he loves you and he loves me, he decided to go to the cross and take everything that you've ever done in your life upon himself. The only thing that you and I have to do is accept the free gift that he gives. How many of you guys like free gifts? I like tools. I'm not hinting at you to get me tools. But I like tools. How many of you guys like tools? My wife likes Hobby Lobby. We were there the other day, weren't we, Julie? And my wife and Julie were talking, we love this place. And they looked at me and I said, no, not me. I even said, I don't care for Hobby Lobby. They got good Christian books, though. Well, I'll have to look and see where that's at. But I like Harbor Freight, right? Everybody likes something. And you get a free gift. It's exciting. God has the greatest gift of all to give you an eye. And all we have to do is receive it by faith. But it starts with admitting and submitting. Admitting that I'm a sinner. And two, submitting to his free gift. He goes on to say, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. He who who can speak of his descendants. For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had not had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. In fact, we know in Scripture, Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. So Isaiah fulfilled another prophecy. Jesus was put in a rich man's tomb. Then he says, yet, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. One translation says, it pleased the Lord to crush Jesus. I shared this last week. How many of you would enjoy seeing your child get crushed? Yet it pleased God to crush him. And the reason why it pleased God to crush him is because he saw you and he saw me. And he saw the salvation that it would bring us. And that it would free us from the grip of the enemy, Satan. And would give us eternal life the moment we believe. I think that's a win-win situation there. Not only do I get a free gift, but I get it immediately and it's called eternal life. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Jesus died for you and I. He died so that we could be free of sin. I want to read one more passage of Scripture. We're going to have a shorter uh, church service today because we have food back there. How many of you guys like to eat? Do you know that's a free gift? I want to read from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Hallelujah. If you're born again this morning, your sins are not counted against you. You're forgiven. But Jesus says that if you do not believe in him, you are condemned and you are condemned right now. That means your sins are counted against you and you will have to give an account one day. He goes on to say, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God made him, meaning Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Think about that for a minute. Jesus, who was born without sin, was without sin and lived a life without sin, took all of your sins and all of my sins and all the world's sins upon himself. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of Christ. The word righteousness means right standing with God. That free gift, the minute we receive that gift from Jesus, we are on right standing with God, and Jesus and God wipes our sin away, and we are in a good standing with the Father. That moment we get eternal life, and God puts a new spirit in us. He deposits his Holy Spirit in us. And he washes us and cleans us. Let me tell you, being good is not good enough. But I'm a good person. I do good things. Do you know good people go to hell? Do you know Jesus talked about more about hell than he did heaven? Do you know why? Because he doesn't want you to go there. Because your good works, is, the Bible says, are but filthy rags in God's eyes. That means sometimes our good works are tainted with bad motives. They are. Not always, but sometimes they are. James says if you've broken one of the law, you've broken them all. What's he talking about? The Ten Commandments. Again, how many of you have ever taken something that wasn't yours? Raise your hand. I'm going to put you on the spot. Anybody ever steal something? Oh, that makes us, a th that makes us thieves. And James says if we've broken one of the law, we've broken them all. Uh-oh, we've just sinned. We're unrighteous. Our righteousness is but filthy rags. How many of you have ever taken God's name in vain? Some of you might say, well, I was raised not to do it. But if you're a believer calling yourself a Christian, you're carrying God's name. So if you've done something that doesn't honor God, you have taken his name in vain. That means we're blasphemous. But pastor, you just called me blasphemous. We all are. Why am I going so deep this morning? Some of you guys, you know the gospel. You've been saved. You get it. But for some of you this morning, you may have given your life to Jesus, but have you? Or maybe you've heard it. You've been hurt in church. God wants to forgive you. And you need to let go of that stuff. It's only damaging you. So we go through all this, and it says, He who made him sin, you, he who knew no sin was made sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. That's what Christmas is about. I share this, and, and, and let me tell you something. The gospel can't offend. The gospel will offend some, but some will receive it. Christmas is about the stripes that Jesus bore on his back. It's about the piercing in his side. When she talked about hyssop, and I'm going to end with this. They would take a plan, and remember Passover. Anybody know what Passover is in the book of Exodus? They were to take the hyssop plant, and hyssop naturally has water in it. It's hollow. And when Jesus was pierced in the side, he not only leaked blood, but he leaked water that had built up around his heart. And they would take that plant and put it on the doorposts of their house and that blood would make a cross 
It was in the shape of a cross. If you could take that point to that point to that point to that point, what does it make? It makes a cross. God already had the plan of salvation. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. That night they slain a lamb, a one-year-old lamb. And when the spirit of death came by, when the spirit of death saw that blood on the doorpost, it did not touch them. Guys, when the doorpost of our heart gets touched by the blood of Jesus, when we give our life to him, when that spirit of death comes and we take our last breath, we, the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The minute we take that last breath and we know Jesus, we are instantly in the presence of Almighty God. That's why Jesus died, so that you and I don't have to go to a place called hell. With every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning, with nobody looking around, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never force you to make a decision. It has to be something you do on your own. It has to be something that you receive and accept. The Bible says that if we will admit that we've sinned against God and confess our sins to Him, He will heal us he will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness he will give us a new nature and he will deposit his spirit into our hearts and give us eternal life are you here this morning and you'd say pastor marcus i'm not saved i've celebrated christmas every year but i've never given my heart to jesus i've attended church church won't save you jesus will but church won't Jesus wants a relationship with you. He loves you, but you have to make the decision. Are you here this morning? And you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need to ask Jesus in my life. I want to surrender my life to him today. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but Jesus is going to come in and make me new. And he's going to help me in this journey called Christianity. It's not about religion. In fact, Jesus hated the religious leaders. It's about relationships. It's about connecting with the God of heaven. Are you here this morning? You'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. With nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand? Are you here this morning? Everybody's saved. I'm going to ask this. If you're saved, you're born again, and you're saved, and you know it, with 100%, raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. All right, for those that didn't raise your hand, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. I'm not going to force it on you. And then I'm going to leave you with this. That's the decision you can make on your own at home. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, that's me. I need salvation this morning. I need to give my life to Jesus. There were several of you that didn't raise your hand. Are you here this morning and you, you, you want to surrender your life to Jesus? Why am I doing this? Because eternity is forever. And where you spend eternity is important. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for those... They raise their hand. They know where they're going. They 100% sure know that they have salvation in you. They know if they take their last breath, they will be in the presence of Almighty God. Father, I pray for those that didn't raise their hand. God, you love them. I pray, Father, it says that you draw them to the Son. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to give them divine appointments. Did you set people in their way to share with you, with them, the love that you, how much you love them? And that you want a relationship with them. That you want to forgive them. I pray, Father, you will begin to speak to them starting today. When they leave this building, I pray, Father, you will just continue to knock on the door of their heart. With your love. That you love them. Father, I thank you for this wonderful service that we've had this morning. And the kids sharing the gospel. And the youth sharing the gospel through their play and through their human video. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Lord, I also pray for the food that we're about to eat, that you will bless it to our bodies. Bless the hands that prepared it. Again, we honor you and we glorify you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Before you dismiss real quick, I want to share this real quick. I'm not going to put you on the spot. There are times when I'll ask people to take a step, but let me tell you something. God loves you enough that I believe in divine appointments. Those that are here today are supposed to be here today. I do believe that. 
And God wants you to have a relationship with him. It's not about the do's and the don'ts. It's not about religion. In fact, can I tell you, Jesus couldn't stand the religious leaders. It's about relationship. God loves you. If you didn't raise your hand this morning, but you want to know more about it after the service, I'm here to talk to you. And I'll do it in private. Okay? I love you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Please don't leave. We got food. How many of you guys like food? Okay, all that raise their hand, I'll see you in there. Amen. God bless you. Sometimes.